Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, y'all. This is the last day we'll discuss Cowboys, 49ers, our whole thing. We're going to turn this page um, tomorrow. But I definitely want to come on here and talk about the bullies. And one team tried to be the bullies, but in the wrong way, and it cost them the game. We're going to get into that. Brandon Ayuk, was he wrong with the way he ran his route? We're going to discuss that, and I'm going to show some examples of how and why I think he ran it right. So y'all know what it is, man. It's the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Talk TV podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get it, man. Welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL, AFL, defensive back, Eric Crocker, man. Y'all know what it is, man. Uh, if you haven't already, check the link uh, in the description. Listen to Locked On 49ers with myself. And Brian Peacock, we come at you five days a week. Make sure you guys listen to that. Uh, also, subscribe to that YouTube channel as well. Uh, listen to Locked On NFL Draft with myself and Ryan Tracy. Please listen to that. Support the show as well. And, you know, hit the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff for this right here. And, you know, this format's a little different. Uh, this is kind of set up to be a, a radio show. You know what I'm saying? That's what this is, a radio show. So, you know, I you know, I get my little thoughts on certain things, and then y'all call in. So make sure uh, you guys are in the chat on YouTube. All right, I know some of y'all are on Twitter right now. Come over from Twitter, type in my name, Eric Crocker, pop up in uh, YouTube. I'll put the link so you guys can contribute to the show and uh, come on live and talk about whatever it is that's on your mind pertaining to the 49ers or other. If you're another fan of another team, it's whatever. I don't discriminate. All right, Crocky loves everybody. I see the... I see the flames coming in, man. Y'all know what it is. Let's go. Let's go. So anybody that's new here right now, you see the flames coming in. That's people telling you that they're feeling good today. All right. So we always want to make sure that we start with a mental health check, make sure everybody's doing good. And if you know, got some things going on, feel free to call me. Uh, I always shoot you guys my number. DM me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. DM me on Instagram at Croc time underscore you. All that good stuff, man. Uh, Anything that's going on in your mind. I'm feeling good. I'm in a great headspace. 49ers won. I think that definitely makes it a lot better. I've really been on Cowboys' ass. Like, I've been on their fans' ass, man, like, all since since the end of the game. And they had this coming. Man, they talk so, like, they talk so much. And, and the Cowboys are just so superior. And we're America's team and all that. Man, F all that, man. F all of that. Yeah. I waited a long time for this. A long time. I told y'all, man, my, my big brother, he's a diehard Cowboy fan. Diehard Cowboy fan. And we go back and forth. And we, you know, we're brothers, though. And I'm extremely competitive. I am I am one of the most competitive people that you'll ever meet. Uh, my guy, Greg Pinelli, he was on yesterday, QB Monday. And he was talking about, he was talking about uh, Josh Allen and how competitive he is. And I'm, that the same. Like, I play Mario Kart with my family. I want to beat everybody, including my five-year-old daughter. Like, I'm killing everybody. All right. So, growing up in a competitive household like that between me and my brother and, you know, cheering on different sides, you know, of the spectrum with our teams, 49ers, Cowboys, man, it, 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 get, it got real. It got real. And it didn't stop because we were kids. As adults, it's, it's the same. I'm 34 years old now. My brother's 38. And we still go at it. We still go at it. They, I sent the video this morning. It was Debo Samuel riding the bike in the group chat. Like it's not stopping anytime soon. They want to, they want to boast 
Cowboy fans want to boast and brag about beating uh goddamn uh Blaine Gabbert, CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins. Beat beat the big dogs, the big the real bullies. And we're gonna talk about how undisciplined the Cowboys are trying to match the intensity of the 49ers. All right, so let's get into it. What I want to talk about right now, I'm looking at it, the some of the stats, 49ers uh penalties, nine for 58. That's that's still that's still kind of a lot of penalties. That's a lot of penalties. All right, Cowboys. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I just heard, was it Rex Ryan or somebody on that show say, the Cowboys led the NFL in penalties? So if if that's the case, if the Cowboys led the, the NFL in penalties, their 14 for 89 isn't something that's, I guess, necessarily new to them. But I would say that starts with, it starts with coaching. It starts with coaching. And the 49ers, they're not the most disciplined team, but definitely more disciplined than the Dallas Cowboys. And one thing that I noticed right away, actually, I'll get into this super chat first. Uh, 49ers cornerbacks have difficulty covering the slant uh, fade near end zone while in cover one going to be a problem against Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think everything's a problem against Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? It's A-Rod. And who is he throwing it to? Like, it's Devontae Adams. And their, their chemistry and the timing of everything, everything is just so on point. Like, I watched Devon, Devontae Adams. He just runs straight, right? Like, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to run straight. And no matter how you play it as a cornerback, most likely the ball is going in a spot where you can't cover. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you run, and, and I've seen guys, it's like, as soon as they're about to get in phase, it's like, oh, yeah, I got him. About to get in phase, ball comes back, shoulder, boom, catch. And it's just like, wow, what do you do? So then you say, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to defend the back shoulder. Then next you know they throw it upfield, boom. And it's really difficult to, to cover the back shoulder is hard to defend the back shoulder and the goal route at the same time. But when you're playing against Devontae Adams, you know, and and Rogers, you know that back shoulder is coming on the sideline, but then sometimes they throw the goal route. It is tough. I don't know what you do, but I think the 49ers do well against the other receivers. <laughs> but um, if you're expecting anybody to have, and, and sometimes they, they've covered Adams well at times, but it's not ideal, man. Their, their situation that they got going on, that chemistry, it's, yeah, it's tough. Uh, but yeah, man coverage of the 49ers. And I know we saw Kawan Williams uh get beat on the slot fade. Tough thing is you can you can run man, all right. But there's two different kind of man. Are we running man and it's too high, or running man and it's single high? Because single high, essentially you're on an island. I know you got a single high safety and he plays sideline to sideline and all that, but trust me, more times than not, that guy's not getting there. You're on an island, you got the whole field that you got to cover for the most part. All right, so uh man with a single high. Not as ideal. Two men, you could do it, but then there's kind of areas that you leave vulnerable and you got to hope that your four-man pass rush gets there. And that was one thing the 49ers were so good at uh, in previous years, especially 2019, right? Like they could just rush forward and get there. I think right now they're they're getting back to that. They obviously pressured Cowboys well. They got burned one time, but overall they were good. All right, but let's get into the Cowboys. All week in the media, the Cowboys had to hear about how the 49ers we're the more physical team, right? That's everything that more physical, more physical. So and you got guys like Michael Parsons, and he comes on and he, well, where I'm from, uh, Pistol Pack in Pennsylvania, wherever, like where I'm from, you know, we bully the bullies, right? So you hear them say that. <clears throat> and they kind of <laughs> they made it a point, like so much of a point to not get bullied that. They got a little, I don't even want to say out of character because clearly if they led the NFL in penalties, and don't quote me on that, 
I, I think I just heard that. But if they led the NFL on penalties, then they're just not very uh, disciplined to begin with. But it does not help <laughs> when you're trying to go out there and prove to be something that maybe might not be your calling card. That might not be what you do. That might not be what your team does. All right, get to this uh, super chat real quick, and I'll get back to it. Uh, Cup and Cup and Cooper beat CBs on the same route. Slafe, yeah, it's tough. You know, and, and I know I defend the 49ers defensive backs a lot, but Slafe is probably the most difficult route to guard, especially on the goal route. I mean, on the um, from the slot because of all the space you have to the sideline and all the room the, the quarterback has to throw the ball. You don't really have the sideline to help you. Uh, just so much space, and you have a lot to worry about. So, I mean, if I could say there's one way 49ers could maybe adjust if they get in that situation, maybe have your slot defender play outside shade and potentially funnel the route inside to this to the safety. So that's one way you could do it. Make your slot defenders play outside shade to where, all right, we're going to take away the fade. Uh, and if you do run anything inside the middle of a high safety can help. I, I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. This is a tough route. But the Dallas Cowboys, I'm getting to the Super Chats because, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back to it. But the Dallas Cowboys tried to prove to be something that they're not. And it was all because of the media hype surrounding the 49ers and what they are. The 49ers are physical. Like, that. that's what they – that's really what they built their whole identity on. Then They are not this uh, finesse, pass-happy offense. Um, even on defense, you, you know, they're led by – Fred Warner and he and the way he plays and he comes downhill and you see what he does, you know, after plays and everything, um, which is how he carries himself. And they play like bullies. But like it's within the whistle. It's within the whistle. All right. What the Dallas Cowboys tried to do, and I and I saw this, this is not even what I was coming on to talk about today. But when you see all these clips flowing around of what the Cowboys were doing after the play, like that's not that's not what we're doing. And I saw it in the game, right? I'm in the game. I'm watching. I see Debo Samuel run the ball. And then I see a player just punch him in the back of the head, like just in the back of the helmet, on the ground. Boom. Just throw. And I'm like, whoa, did, did anybody else see that? And everybody where I was, they were like, no, nah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And I'm, then they show on the jumper trying to show the replay. And they're like, wow, what the hell? Right? And that wasn't the first time. You know, the first time happened on the first drive. 49ers scored a touchdown. You see Ayuk and, and uh, Parsons kind of getting into it. Like, Ayuk was blocking them. Next thing you know, boom, Parsons just punches him in the face. Just punches him in the helmet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I saw, it was, what's it, uh, uh, Hooker, uh, Malik Hooker, right? Safety from Ohio State. 49ers uh, lineman, Alex Mack, he's out there. B whistle's blown. Uh, the person, ball carrier's on the ground. And what does the guy do? Just push him in the back. And all that let me know is, this is a very undisciplined team. And they're trying to, it's like, oh, we want to live up to the physicality at the 49 to bring, but you're, you're going about it the wrong way. And you're going about it in a way that's going to result in a loss. And that it did. The, the, the undisciplined play from the Dallas Cowboys trying to be the bullies, it didn't start like with those plays or stop with those plays. They jumped off sides. They gave 49 first downs. They tackled pulling off as a lineman. I've never in my life seen, first of all, I might see defensive holding call one time a year. I've never, I mean, not only did we see, we, we saw a call twice, two times. They called the defensive holding on the Dallas Cowboys. You're tackling, pulling linemen. You can't do that. That's on them. So you got the fans 
you know, they see the results, 14 penalties, 89 yards. Oh, the call, like, y'all did this. And it could have been worse when you look at this stuff they were doing after plays. Very undisciplined. It starts at the top. You know, I always talk about, um, I've only won a championship one time. All right. Right here. Boom. You see the ring. Let's go. San Jose Sabercats. Uh, Arena Football League, 2000, 2015. All right. And one thing that we were, and we were the best team in the league that year, best team by far, we were so disciplined. But where did the discipline start with this? It started at the top. Darren Arbet, that was the head coach, Darren Arbet. He won several championships in Arena Football League. Arena Bowls, that's what they call them. And Arbet instilled this discipline in the team. Now, I don't know if you can do this at the NFL level. I didn't see it when I was with the Jets. But, you know, we would do certain things. We didn't we didn't condition, right? Sometimes you, you see condition or whatever. Most pro prof professional sports, like you got to come in in shape. But we didn't really condition. But what we did was after each play, you had to turn and sprint 10 yards. Every play. And it was like holding you accountable, like every down, like every – and I'm talking about in practice, right? That's just how we practice. So come game time, we were in great tip-top shape. We were able to run for an entire game, right, uh, during walkthroughs. Like – Everybody was scared to talk. We would not talk. You wouldn't hear a peep from anyone during walkthroughs, right? We're getting ready for a game. It's walkthrough. It's quiet. Everybody focused, locked in, right? Your toes had to be – I mean, it was almost militant, and I don't know if he overdid it, but we were so disciplined, and that was a part – that was the reason why nobody could fuck with us. They couldn't fuck with us at all, right? So you look at how we were and, and it, where it started. It started at the top, not doing weird stuff. You weren't going to do weird stuff. It wasn't flying there. And if you did, the OGs on the team were going to hold you accountable, right? We're not doing that. So you look at the Dallas Cowboys and different things that they tried to do. They're jumping off sides. They're grabbing guys or pulling guys, and they're calling defense and holding on them. They're hitting guys after the play and stuff like that. Like, that's bad football. That is a very undisciplined team. And a lot of times, it, it resulted in giving 49ers first down. One of them, it was like a third down play. 49ers were stopped short, and they did some BS. Like, that's on you. They want to blame the referees. I hear Dak Prescott. Again, that's one of your leaders. Got to hold your guys accountable. You make it seem like it's okay for the fans to throw stuff at the refs? Come on, man. Dallas Cowboys dead wrong. And everybody, they want to blame the referees? No. Blame your team. Blame your leaders. Blame your coaches. They tried to match the 49ers. They tried to match the 49ers' physicality. And they went about it all the wrong way. They went about the wrong way. That game should have been a blowout. It really should have been. So that's kind of my spill on the bullies. That where I'm from, we bully the bullies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't. Well, bully the 49ers. Bully the 49ers in. They ran right, mm, right down your throat. Just mm, mm. Debo Samuel. Mm, mm, mm. Get up out of here. Come on, man. Stop playing. Stop playing. Starts at the top, though. Bully the bullies. <laughs> All right. Anyways, another thing I want to talk about today was the Brandon Ayuk. And this will be the last thing. Then we'll get everybody on. And you know what I'm saying? And then get back to our kind of radio show. You feel me? But Brandon Ayuk, there's been a lot of conversation about the route that he ran. Should he have taken it upfield? Should he flatten it off? You know, was he wrong? Did Jimmy Garoppolo overthrow him? Did he just miss? what? What's going on with this? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen. And I'm going to show, you know, several plays of what to me is what he was supposed to do. Now, here's the one thing that I don't know. All right. Quarterbacks and receivers 
they they talk right they converse and they'll and they'll talk about hey if you get this look then do this right so some things might not be exactly like what we think or how it's drawn up because they can agree to make changes on the fly hey if if you see this then take it up this way if you don't then flatten up you know they could do that on the fly matter of fact if you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo's first mic'd up against the Tennessee Titans he was talking to Trent Taylor right and he told Trent Taylor like hey you know, when you go here, just boom, bend this way, then go like that. Like, they could talk about these things and make these adjustments, all right? And so when you look at that route, I don't want I don't want to put words into their mouths or I don't want to act like I'm in these meetings with Kyle Shanahan, with the quarterback, with the receivers, to where I know exactly how their route is supposed to be ran. And I see my guy, Guy Middlecoff, uh, I mean, Guy Middlecoff, Guy Haberman of the Middlecoff, the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast, Hampod, really my favorite podcast. But, um, you know, Haberman talked about how he talked to a former receiver and the former receiver, I believe, said he needs to take that up. All right. So I don't want to go against that, but I'm going to show some staples of this route and how we've seen Kyle Shanahan run it in previous years. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my Twitter screen. All right. Share screen. And we're going to look at some routes with how they ran it. Now, again. This is not to say that this is exactly how, you know, Brandon Ayuk and Jimmy Garoppolo talked about running it. All right. But typically, I think a lot of people are getting it confused with a post corner. All right. So there's a post corner and there's a blaze out. All right. So here's a blaze out. All right. And I don't know, maybe some people call it something else, but that's what we're going to call it here. So you got the blaze out. So you have Marquise Goodwin here. Boom. What does he do? He whoops the defender, right? Does he take it up to the pylon? Because the post corner would have gone to the pylon. And I believe it would have been an easy touchdown there, too. And he still scored. I had to work a little harder. But he flattened that route off, right? I whoop him. Ooh. To make a guy spin like that twice. Ooh. Tremont Williams. All right. But look at this. He flattens this route off. He does not take it upfield. Now, again, I don't know what the conversation was between Goodwin and C.J. Beathard, who threw this pass. Maybe they're saying, no matter what, I'm going to flatten this route off. All right, those are things I don't know. But I know from what I've seen from Blaze House, they are typically ran that way. Here's another example. This is not a uh, Kyle Shanahan guy. Uh, well, he, he drafted him. This is Jalen Hurd. All right. But here's another Blaze out. Boom, whoop the guy, flatten it off. Does not take it upfield, no matter how bad he whooped the defensive back. All right. Here's another one now. All right, you have Julio Jones. He makes the defender fall and still does not really take it upfield. He rounds it up. I mean, what, about three yards? And I think that's the same as Brandon Ayuk. But he flattens out off. He doesn't take it to the pylon. Taking it upfield would have been taking it to the pylon. Post corner would have been taking it to the pylon. He flattens it out off. All right? So there's another example. Julio ran these so good. Here's another example of Julio doing it here. Boom. He flattens it off. This one, he actually works back a little bit. All right. He actually works back a little bit. But this has been something that they run in the Shanahan offense. And I'm pretty sure Shanahan is not the only guy that runs these routes. But every time I've seen them run it, they're flattening the route off. So in the case of Brandon Ayuk, and we saw it. And let me let me bring up the Brandon Ayuk one. All right. I'm going to close out this video. And we see the Brandon Ayuk. Let me go to uh, Brandon Ayuk. His name up because I mean he's he was kind of I don't want to say trending, but definitely people were looking at <laughs> looking at this video. 
All right, so let me share my screen real quick again. Here we go. All right, so looking at the Brandon Ayuk one, again, blaze out, boom, flatten it off. He even took, I mean, he ends up seven yards down the field. But he round off. I mean, that's the same as the way Julio ran it, same way that Marquise Goodwin ran it. Same results, you whoop a defensive back, and I'm assuming that the ball is supposed to be on him. And it's not. So, I, again, I don't know. I don't know what uh, the discussion is between Ayuk and Jimmy. I don't know what that discussion is. There could be a scenario where Jimmy says, hey, if you beat him this way, then you take that up. And if that's the case, then Ayuk is wrong. But from how I've seen Kyle have his receivers run it in the past, it seems like Ayuk was, was right and maybe – Jimmy just kind of potentially missed. All right, man. I appreciate everybody that's in here. We got 200 of y'all watching live right now. We're 20 minutes in. Make sure if you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're on Twitter, come over, join us on YouTube so you can actually jump into the live chat as well. Come on live. I got the callers coming in. Here's how you call in right here. Boom and boom. Call in. I even put the end part in caps. All right. So here, here's how you call in. If I missed any super chats, just let me know. I see one right here, so we're gonna get to that. Here we go, and that's the that's the link in the chat. So the link in the, is in the chat now. Click that button. Come on live, baby. Come on live. Speak your mind. Are right, uh, really encouraging to see how Ambry Thomas is growing in front of us. You know, and I saw this. Ah, might be a bad example to use right now, but I saw this kind of with <laughs> with Trevon Diggs. All right. And I remember Trevon Diggs' rookie year. He was he was very competitive and he was competing a lot at the catch point. That's one thing with me. Like, are you just giving up easy catches? Are you playing it too safe? Are things being caught right in front of you? If not, I assume at some point plays will start going your way if you put yourself in position more times than not to make the play. And I and I've and I've thought all along with Ambry Thomas. At one point, I'm like, okay, it is getting a little ridiculous with people kind of beating them at the catch point. But for the most part, he did a terrific job of challenging receivers are you challenging guys and i can live with that like if you get beat but you're challenging i can live with that i i, I assume that at some point it's going to start going your way and we've seen that right we've seen that each week it feels like hey it's starting to go his way a little bit more now are they playing to his strengths uh you know i think he's a press man guy 49ers still i don't think they're 100 playing i don't want to say 100 i don't think they are all the way playing to what really he was in college at Michigan. And if you go back in his YouTube channel, you're going to have to go back a while. We talked about Ambry Thomas. We did film review on him at Michigan, how he plays. He was a press man corner. 49ers against Dallas Cowboys ran 83% man. So he's definitely, I mean, excuse me, 83% zone. So he's still adjusting to what the 49ers are asking of him. It's different than what he has been asked to do in the past. And then, of course, you, you know, the year off. And getting back in the football mode, how long, however long that took, and all that stuff, whatever. But ultimately, you know, yes, he is improving each week. I, I like the coverage. I like the coverage on on uh, on uh, CD Lamb throughout that game. There were some tight throws. I'm just like, man, these Fortnite the corners are on them, right? As bad as y'all talked about Fortnite corners all year, trust me, I heard it all, and I've been defending them the whole time. All right, but they actually played well this game. They played well. And it was good to see. But Ambry Thomas looks like he's on the up and up. He's doing a terrific job. 
and if he can continue to be this guy or at least show that he's making strides in the right direction, that's huge because a lot of people want the 49ers to draft a cornerback high while we still having that same conversation. Now, I'm not saying don't throw resources at the position, but definitely I, I think you you might want to let it play out a little bit longer with Ambry Thomas to see where he's at. And then also Deion Lenore, what's going to happen with him. All right. Here we go. I got some callers coming in. Uh, I missed a lot of the comments, so you guys keep them coming. Uh, here we go. First person up. I actually probably should put my headphones on. Oh, got another super chat. Hold on, hold on. Got David Yang. Appreciate it. Uh, this game was won in the trenches. We were dominant on both sides of the ball. Uh, Croc, what was your brother's take on the game? You know, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really talked to my brother yet. Again, we are very competitive and we're really passionate about this. And I know I try to come out on here and give level takes, but sometimes you guys see me start to start, you know, I get to tripping a little bit um, and my fandom comes out, but we can't have this conversation yet. My brother and I, we probably got to wait another few weeks before we really could talk about the game. It's, it's not a good time right now. Now I'm still trolling him and my other Cowboy fans in this group chat. Uh, my homies that are Cowboy fans. I'm trolling them. There's not much interaction going on <laughs> right now. And I, but I can't, me and my brother, we FaceTime every day. We have not FaceTimed yet since the game. We haven't FaceTimed. We FaceTime every day. A lot of times, multiple times a day. The FaceTimes have not happened. <laughs> All right. So it's not a good time right now. I got to hold off on uh, getting my brother's take on, on the game so far. But I appreciate the contribution. All right. I see my guy, Ricky Blender, laughing. Man, I know. I know. Here we go. Kenneth Gold, Kenneth Goldsmith. How you doing, bro? Hey, good morning, Craig. What's going on with you? Yeah, I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I just want to give a little take on the Brandon IU route that you was talking about. Yeah. Like my uh, my uh, my honest opinion on that. I don't. Me personally, I don't care how the route was supposed to be ran. Like he dude was wide open. Like Jimmy got to make that throw. You know what I'm saying? That see yeah. that. that See, throw when you make throws like that, man. You could de you could deliver some knockout blows. You know what I'm saying? Keep some drivers going, and and you know what I'm saying you could demoralize a team when you make plays like that. So that's a good point that you you made, right? You got to make that throw. He's wide open. First of all, NFL. A lot of times there's not like huge separation. Right, I, right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still, you know, he throws the ball well in tight tight windows, right? He, he does that well. Yeah, but when you have guys that are that open, especially on a route like that, like, you know, you got to hit them. You just got to get it to them. Yeah, you, you got to uh, get it to them. You got to at least give them a chance to make a play on the ball. Yeah, I, I would say this, and this is one thing I've had a little bit of pushback, but I um, I've talked about how Jimmy Garoppolo tends to kind of let teams hang around. And I, and I think you yeah. know, a lot of times when yeah. you can't, when it's not the run game finishing teams off, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes have a hard time putting teams away putting teams by away, throwing yeah. the ball. Yeah, and a fat throw right there. That's mm -hmm. that's the dagger. That's the yeah. That's dagger the that's the prime that, example. Yeah. Uh, right hold there. on, before go you ahead. go, I want. I just want to say, um, like that throw, that throw right there could have been a huge, huge turning point in the game if we had lost. Yeah. It. You know. That's the one. You're up twenty three. You're up twenty three seven at that time. Uh huh. And that's the dagger throw. If we're yeah. not getting any points right there, the, the game is over. Right. It's, yeah. Over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At least three and, points. We ain't yeah. we, we, we worried about a comeback like that. 
I, I will say this, all right, and I don't want to drag Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I feel like a lot mm -hmm. of people are being really harsh on him. I got my ear to the ground. You know, I'm watching. I see the comments and interactions on my Twitter account. Yeah. And a lot of people have been dragging Jimmy. I don't want to drag Jimmy. But, you know, just in the grand scheme of things, you know, games end up being a little bit closer than they have to be, especially games like that, unless the run game just clearly takes off. Uh, so, like, you know, my, my drag on Jimmy is is it's not on how the way he plays. Lately, it's been like all of these injuries that's coming from out of nowhere. Like, when is he getting injured? It, it, it just seems it seems real odd to me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, the, it's, guys it's get banged up. It, it, it's the NFL, right? I mean, it's a very yeah, I understand that taking some hits. So you know, uh -huh. it, it, it's odd that it happens to him. Like you know, he just ends up being banged up a lot. But I, I bet other teams they kind of you know, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers de dealt with something. What do you have? Like a web foot? Yeah, COVID foot or something like that. COVID toe. Yeah, something like so. You know, he has like, some. You know, mm. they're getting hit a lot. They're getting teed off on. They're, they're bound to have some aches and pains. We just got to hope that the sprain, whatever that is, I don't know how significant it is, but it sounds Me like they're on Wednesday. Man, it, it, it just seems off. And one more thing. <laughs> Remember that question I asked you about Jimmy Ward? About, about the uh, the main role of being a free safety? Yeah. But my prime objective was like my thing with him, like when he playing that free roam, that Roman position when they ask him to, it's just like he just seemed to not be in a vicinity when the ball when our corners is one on one. It's just like he, it, it's it's well, which one? Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the interception that he dropped. Oh, okay, okay. Let me talk about it. So first, that was a good job of being able to play kind of sideline to sideline. He had a good beat uh -huh. on the ball. All right. Now, one thing that's is kind of hard to tell, like when you're not on the field, and from my view, I could I could just kind of see it from where I was at in the stadium. But sometimes those balls hang in the air for hell along. And when uh -huh. you're kind of running under it, and he had to track it over the shoulder, he's not a receiver. All right. So he yeah. kind of had to try to track it over his shoulder. And no. he just misjudged it. So he didn't even drop it. I don't even know if it touched his hands. You got to see the replay. It looked like he short-armed it. I, I think it I think it hit his fingertips because okay. it was like it was like he didn't know if he wanted to really extend out for it or something like that. Yeah, it was it was I mean I think they, it hit I think it hit his fingertips. Like it like you know how DBs usually drop interception where it go right through their hands. It like went right <laughs> yeah. through his hands and hit his fingertips. Okay, yeah. I, I think he had a tough time tracking that in. It looked like it was kind of yeah. over his shoulder, and he misjudged a little bit. So I, I, I assume that's what it was, but yeah. I want. I, I really want Amory to go up and get that one, for real, for real. Right. He pulled off of it. Yeah, but all right, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to get my next caller on, man. All right, thanks for having me on. You take care, all man. Right. All right, all good, all good. Here we go real quick. Let's get to this uh, contribution. My guy James Montgomery says, real talk, we ain't lifting Lombardi without a full game of legit play, uh, QB play. Thoughts? So I hear this all the time, right? Like, I hear this all the time, like, oh, man, if you don't get better quarterback play from Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, you're not going to win this game or you're not going to win this game. Or, and, and it's like, but then we end up winning the game <laughs> and you don't get great play from him. So 
I, I don't think that's what it's going to take for the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. I do think, yeah, it's more ideal to get a complete game from your quarterback. It's more ideal to have your quarterback make more plays. Like, yeah, it is more ideal to have to win that way. But I don't think that that is necessarily the way that the 49ers have to win. I think there's a scenario where he makes just enough throws, uh, just enough throws off the play action, especially if the run game is going. Uh, there may be times where, you know, if the run game ain't going, then it starts to look a little weird. But I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that he has to. I don't think he has to, without a doubt, play a complete game for the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. I think they can win a Super Bowl with how he has played to this point, and I think really kind of what he's been to this point has been more of what he's been throughout his time with the 49ers. And ultimately, it has resulted in a lot of wins. I do think it's not as ideal. I saw some people saying, Greg Papa said, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will be back. I don't think he's going to be back because I don't think that the way that you have to win with Jimmy Garoppolo is as ideal as a coach would like. Now, you are winning, but it's it's tough. It makes it hard. Like, that was a tough win, right? That, it was hard to win that game. In a game that was easy to win, the Cowboys handed it to you on the silver. I don't want to say they handed it to you. 49ers took it from them, right? Took it from them, Debo. But then your quarterback doing certain things to kind of be like, you know what, Cowboys, 23-7 right now, but nah, I want to make this a closer game. I want to make this harder than it has to be. Missed throws, interception. And those things happen. Those things happen to every quarterback. Every quarterback throws picks and misses throws. But you better be able to come back and – you know, execute down the stretch to put a team away. And he wasn't able to do that either. And then open the door for a Cowboy team to, to win. So when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo being back, I think there's just, I think you can look at him and say, can I get Trey Lance to play to that level? Right. That And, and an example of that would be Trey Lance against the Houston Texans, where it was kind of a Jimmy Garoppolo stat line, 16 to 23, leaned on the run game. Um, uh, 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, right? Like, that was essentially a Jimmy Garoppolo game. Now, can you get that consistently from Trey Lance? Maybe, maybe not. But I think ultimately 49ers think, yeah, we can get that. And there's more in the bag with him. Like, he's just getting started. So I don't see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo's back, even if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, because of how hard it is to win with him. He's good. I think 49ers, if they have a good quarterback, they win a lot of games with any This team is loaded. And you have some of the best coaching in the league. I have a caller coming on. One second, got another super chat right here. Uh, Cowboys fan here, much respect to 49ers. You guys came in and beat us at home. Uh, no excuses. Good luck in Green Bay. I appreciate that. And uh, appreciate the contribution as well. The Cowboys, I thought they actually posed more of a problem for the 49ers than the Green Bay Packers. No, the Green Bay Packers, the biggest problem is you got goddamn – Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That, that's a huge problem. But aside from that, just with how the teams are kind of constructed, I thought the Cowboys posed a little bit more problems. I think the matchup, and we'll talk about that moving forward uh, tomorrow, I like the matchup a little bit more against the Packers than I did against the Cowboys. Again, Aaron Rodgers on the other side, and that, that's tough. That's always going to be tough. But I don't know. I think the, the, the weather, that's the part. But I think the 49ers play well in that. We're going to get to more of that tomorrow. I appreciate the contribution and uh, – Shout out to showing some respect to the 49ers fans and shout out to the Cowboy fans. They were, they were cool. They were, <laughs> they were kind of quiet a lot of the game until that interception happened. They were loud. They, were, they got you rocking. All right, here we go. Make sure I don't have any super chats. Here we go. I got my guy, Vetti. Good morning, man. How you doing, bro? Hey, what's up, Parker? Good morning. 
You got to make sure you keep your eyes on the road now, man. We can hear you, so just talk. We got you, man. Keep your eyes on the I road. I got this. I'm, I'm a commercial driver. I have, I'm a professional. <laughs> All right. All right, yeah. so I kind of missed the topic of discussion, man, but a few things. First, I just want to say, I, you know, I was at the game. I didn't catch up with you, but, man, I had an amazing time. I had a time of my life out there, man. It oh, was yeah. worth every penny for that seat. Every penny. And, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, some of the crowd, you know, they were – the Cowboys fans were decent, man. They were okay. It got a little rowdy in my area, but it was it was okay. It was good. I saw some fights jump off. You you weren't involved in any of that, yeah, were you? It, was, <laughs> it probably was my section, brother. Uh, for real, for, I mean, now I really diffused the situation. It was the rowdy 49er fans in front of me, some big dudes in the bay. And I calmed them down. I kind of really, – I made it not a fight. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was all right. So, um, I know you missed the, the, the part where we live. started. I, you missed the first part of it, but and I want to hear your your thoughts on this. We kind of came on talking about how okay. the Cowboys, uh, they heard all week about how the 49ers were the bullies, right? And oh, they're, they're the more physical team. They're going to be more physical than the Cowboys. And I thought the Cowboys went about it the wrong way. Their way of combating that was, oh, I'm going to hit guys after the play. I'm going to punch guys while they're on the ground. And I thought that undisciplined mindset from them, like spread throughout the rest of their their game, and the jumping off sides, the defensive holding penalties on the defensive line, tackling, pulling guys, not being able to get the ball set, thinking that their quarterback and their offensive line can spot the ball and they can snap the ball. A lot of undisciplined play from them, and I think it stemmed from them trying to prove that they could be the more physical team in that matchup. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I mean, uh, they remind me uh, of ourselves in a way because they're, they play really as a plan. They had a lot of penalties. Penalties killed them. It gave us an early advantage, you know, on top of us pretty much bullying them. There was nothing they could do about it. Um, yeah, they didn't play to their strengths, definitely. That's that's yeah. a fact. Um, our running game, our, really a defensive line won the game by themselves. They, they tormented that guy. That got that big contract, man. He I'm sure that's why a lot of his fans are probably mad at him because, I mean, he didn't put up the elite performance we pick on Jimmy, you know what I'm saying? But, shoot, that got an even bigger contract and played even worse, you know? Right, right. But, um, yeah, they didn't play to their strengths. They weren't able to. They tried to. They, they came with the wrong approach for sure because you can't – you got to play to your strengths. You can't try to outdo the other team out of their game plan or their strengths. You know, they didn't need to play to their strengths, and they didn't. They just didn't. Right. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to get the next caller on. All right, one thing. Are you going to Green Bay or not? I'm not going. I, I mean, I started looking at that weather and stuff, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> do I want to sit in seven-degree weather or whatever that is, right. snowing? And they said that they got the uh, yeah. they got like the high school benches the out there. Expensive. They don't even have the like regular um regular seats. Like they have like benches, like the old school benches. Like, oh like uh, man. Oh no. Right. Oh no. I, I thought about it. Um so let's I thought just about pray. going. Let's just pray then. Let's pray. Let's get this Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm sorry. Let's get the uh Green Bay win and then we all go to Tampa Bay. I meet you in Tampa Bay. All right, that's a deal. That's a deal. All right, man. You have a good one, bro. Uh, Good
All right, appreciate the caller coming in. Here we go. Got some contribution before we get to the next caller. Uh, Jimmy's my Jimmy, got my guy, but he keeps both teams in the game. Uh, the way Kyle Shanahan's team's guys wide open uh, has me ecstatic for the transition to trade. I think that's the best way to put it, right? He, he keeps both teams in the game, but again, you know, with how he plays. And there are people that I've gotten a lot of pushback from 49er fans, and they're like, oh, uh, what do you mean? Like, the 49ers aren't winning because of him. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying the 49ers are winning because of Jimmy. I'm not saying that. But I definitely think that he has a, a good hand in the amount of wins. I don't think it's – it's not just, like, random, right, that the 49ers win so much with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's doing something winning those games to help contribute to Ws, whether it's, you know, third down efficiency, making the right throws when needed, uh, you know, even uh, a third down five-yard pass to uh, Juwan Jennings. You know, just finding guys and making those timely throws, I think a lot of that contributes to the 49ers winning. And believe it or not, you, you watch some of these other teams and some of their quarterbacks aren't doing that. Look at how the game got so out of hand last night between uh, the Cardinals and and the uh, Rams. What the what the hell? What the hell were were the Cardinals doing? What was what was Murray doing? They're throwing the ball all in, in his own pick six. I mean, just throwing it right in the guy's chest. Potential interceptions all over the place. Like for everything that Jimmy's not, and and I get it. He's not this explosive guy. He'll have his weird moment, right? We know that. We have weird moment, kind of weird stretches. But regardless of that, you're typically going to be in position to win a game with him at quarterback. And that seems to be something very consistent throughout his time with the 49ers. So as far as Kyle being able to scheme guys up and being excited for Trey Lance, I think the Trey, the Trey Lance transition is going to be fine. Uh, you know, right now you want to capitalize on this, right? You want to win the Super Bowl, hopefully, and get something in return for Jimmy Garoppolo, because at least that kind of buys you some time before Trey Lance has to like be what people expect him to be. You know, I remember um Aaron Rodgers when he first came into the uh NFL, or not first came to the NFL, but when he first started, right? He sat behind Brett Favre for years. And it wasn't until like his second or third year where you know it paid off. I think the first year, I don't know if he had like a winning record his first year. It was a little kind of up and down. But then he turned it around, right? And with Trey Lance, I think, you know, there's going to be that transition of him actually playing and teams learning him and scheming against him. And there's going to be some, you know, ups and downs, you know, just different things. And uh, you got to let them play through it and go through it. They win a Super Bowl right here. kind of buys you some time, right? Instead of just putting all the pressure on him to like, hey, you, we didn't win this year, so you got to go and win next year. The fact that we're even talking about Super Bowl with the 49ers is crazy when you consider they started two and four. Appreciate the contribution. All right, here we go, my guy, Ricky Rawls. I appreciate the contribution right here. Let's go 49ers. Let's go. Let's go. Got one more contribution before I get to my next caller. He's been patiently waiting. My guy, Victor Gomez. Uh, what do you think the 49ers need to do differently than what they did in the first game this year against Green Bay Packers? Uh, You know, I think ultimately you got to kind of eliminate the weird mistakes. I'd say this. If the 49ers can limit the turnovers to one, Right, because that was a big thing. Right, 49ers turned the ball over twice, and I wish I could go to my DMs and kind of just show this one DM. But one of my buddies asked, "Hey, 49ers are gonna win against the Cowboys?" And I said, "Listen, 49ers turn the ball over once or less, they will win. 49ers turn the ball over two times or more, they will lose." And when you look at the Packers game, although the 49ers still took the lead late and had a chance to win, they, they turned it over twice, and 
unless you take the ball away from the Packers twice, which they don't turn the ball over, <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder to win that way. So 49ers, what they do, they threw, they threw an interception and then Jimmy Garoppolo had to throw where he, the, the thing where he threw the ball backwards and it was a fumble. If you could just limit one of those mistakes, I think the 49ers win. Now, we'll get more into this game later, but cold weather, elements, I think that kind of matches how the 49ers want to play. They're a ground-and-pound team. They're not trying to throw the ball all around. They went up front of the trenches and they stopped the run. It's going to be a curious matchup. I like the 49ers the way they match up. Not saying they're going to win, but I like how they match up against the Packers. Here we go. My guy been patiently waiting. Man, Darius, man, what's good, bro? Why would you? What's happening, man? Top of the morning. Uh, good morning, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got it's you. always you know, a delay with us, man. I think it's my cheap ass phone. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, bro, I'm still riding. Man, still high off of that game. Still talking shit, like you said, bro. It's it's forever phone. Um, me and my cousin ain't got on the phone either, or my mama. It's funny how <laughs> all year the Niners is trash. You know, what I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's trash. Yada yada yada. Then when we win, it's uh, you, that was just a good game. You guys won, whatever. Like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't downplay my victory now. I'm on your ass the same way you was on me about Jimmy for the past two or three years, losing the Super Bowl and then being trashed way back in the um. I've been getting it since Tom. What's his name? Masula. What was that boy name? The one that that farted on the mic. Tom. Uh, our, Tom uh, our coach. I can't say his name. Sula. There Tom you Sula. go. Like I've been getting it since way back when, man. So. Bro, to get this victory, I'm about to ride this out. Like, it, the season could end this Sunday. I wouldn't care, bro. As long as we beat the Cowboys in a meaningful game, that was my Super Bowl right there. But um, speaking of Green Bay, only thing that's going to worry me, bro, is the weather, man. I feel like we haven't seen a play in the weather except for rain, and that was bad with the Colts. Ugly. Uh, But we're a whole nother team now, man. When they first played us, our pass was ranked 24th in our rush was ranked fifth. Now it's 10th and, and, and first place. So I feel like Aaron Jones can do nothing too much. We just have to worry about that damn uh, um, Devontae Adams, man. He is the truth. And the thing about D'Amico is he don't like to double nobody. He has a lot of faith in his in his corners, and I ain't mad at that. You know what I'm saying? We, we got a defense that, that could hold up. Um, to what you said about the Cowboys trying to match our physicality. It threw their whole their whole chemistry off because now you're trying to anticipate the 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 snap and you're trying to hurry up and get off. And I'm looking at Debo. He just he's throwing. He threw Michael Parsons like a sack of laundry, bro. Uh, Brandon Ayuk yoking him up every play, and it's like people have to realize, bro. The Niners. It was a struggle to get to the playoffs, but now that we're here. It's a chip on our shoulder, bro, and they're playing like it. They're playing like there's unfinished business. It don't matter who you put in our way. We're coming through, and we're wrecking shop, and we're leaving with the W, man, and we're going to the ball. I'm predicting another uh, – I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, bro, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just really happy, man. Tell me how, what you think. What you think the, the game plan should be this weekend? 
Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna get yeah, you off, and but I, I'm gonna answer your uh, call. I mean, I'm gonna answer your question offline. All right, but uh, I, I think for the 49ers to, you know, when you're going into Green Bay and and, and the weather, and we'll get more into it tomorrow. And I'll I probably have a a Packer person come on. Y'all want him to come on Wednesday or Thursday? We'll talk about that. All right, but I think you can't turn the ball over. Like, and that's gonna be the the recipe for success for the 49ers just really for the rest of these playoffs. The, the team is really good. The team is good. You got the players. You got the weapons. You got the defense. You got the run game. You just can't hurt yourself. Now I see stopping Jones and Dylan. I, when I, the 49ers play so well against the run. So that that's not the first thing that kind of comes to mind for me. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, yeah, stop them. But I think Aaron Rodgers does not care if he's one-dimensional. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, okay, stop the run. All right, now Aaron Rodgers throw the ball around. Now, if you're saying that the 49ers defensive line is going to beat up on the Packers offensive line, then all right, then all right. All right, here we go. So I'm about to have my guy uh, Mike come on in a second as well. From nothing but Niners. All right, real quick, let me get to my guy, Ryan. Ryan, what's up, man? Good morning, bro. Good morning, good morning, good morning, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, man, I'm just, I ain't get a chance to talk to you the last couple of days, but just want to say congratulations, man. I know the the feeling of having the bragging rights on our brothers, man, is is, is epic right now. Um. <laughs> It's been feeling good. I'm loving it. I'm excited for this weekend, man. I'm excited for the the opportunity that we have, man. I'm definitely appreciative of the opportunity. And I love DJ Jones' uh, press conference, how he really speaks about the um, defensive line, uh, how much they take pride in going out there and fighting for one another. I think that's one of the most underrated um, squads that we have. It's just the unity in all team. Yeah. But the defensive line we have there, man, and um, that's going to be, I think Ronnie Lott said this two weeks. He said the reason that we progress in the playoffs was because of the defense and the mentality and the brothers that they have willing to go out there and give it all for each other. And I think we saw that when Bosa and Fred Warner went down. It felt like um, Aminahu, um, DJ Armstead, um, with the street, everybody came there was giving their best effort, man. And I think that was just an awesome showcase of depth and um and having an understanding in your identity. And um, yeah, man, it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. It definitely was, man. Uh, I think the chemistry, and a lot of people talked about it. Um, I have put out this tweet, and it showed, you know, Debo and those guys, you know, coming out against the Titans. I know a 49ers lost, but it was just just how they are. And, 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 and like, just that swagger that they play with, that confidence. And uh, you see that unity and that, that togetherness. And it, it really looks like that's what helps them a lot on the field. You know, I, I yes, it's a, I think it's a very talented roster, but you know, there's some teams that you know might have some more explosive players or whatnot. But I think the 49ers play together a lot, and that's why this defense right now, throughout all the injuries, cornerbacks uh, being a liability, they still been able to have the number three defense in the NFL. And I think it's because it's a tight knit group. I don't, not only that, I think it's just the the system. You know, like everybody was talking about, even Dallas, they have talent and players, 
but the ability to get the most out of your players. Sometimes I think teams can have too much talent where you're not, you have, you don't know how to use everybody at their premium level. I think that's what the Niners are doing at a consistent level over the last eight weeks is using everybody at their top level on a consistent basis and they are interchangeable. Um, somebody was saying the other day, like, man, I'm watching your team play. I see five, four go out, then four go in, and it's just like they, they're interchanging like a hockey squad. You know what I mean? And I was like, dude, you just, I say, dude, y'all don't notice, but that's how they've been playing ever since. Um, there was a, you know, during the um, cuts, during the, um, during the summer, everybody like, man, y'all keeping 12, 11, 12 guys on the D-line? And Coach Kasher was like, yeah, that's what we want to do. That's going to be our identity. And we're seeing the payoff today. You see what I'm saying? Even picking up, yeah. like I said, a mini hoop for a six-round draft pick. Um, but we're seeing um, a system and an understanding of what we were built on today. And other teams are like, dang, that's something that you're not necessarily used to seeing um, in, in the NFC or in the NFL with that type of mentality as well. So, yeah, man, it's just been beautiful to see, man, and watch. So I just hope we just continue to keep that on. And hopefully Debo can continue to stay healthy, man. I, I love it when he run it, but I can tell they trying to tee off and take his head off, man. <laughs> and, uh, and also E-Man, uh, E-Mitchell, keep him upright too, man. He, he looking banged up. I don't know if he was watching him around that third quarter. He kept running hard, but you could tell he was limping. Like, yeah, he's been banged up. He's been banged up the whole year. I mean, I think they've just accepted the fact that he'll get healthy in the offseason. <laughs> right now, like, listen, right. we got to ride. <laughs> I appreciate Thanks. you coming on, Ryan. I'm gonna get All right, man. All right, bye. All right. So I got I got a special guest coming on to kind of discuss some of the things. I want to ask him a few questions. All right, but first, let me get to this contribution from my guy, uh, Jeep Crackhawk. He said, "How did Cleveland throw four interceptions and still have a chance to beat Green Bay?" That is a great question. It was a weird game. I'm not going to lie. Like, Green Bay jumped out on them, and the interceptions were flying, and I think I stopped paying attention <laughs> as much. This was like, what, was it Christmas Day, I believe it was? I remember I was in Southern California. I think I was visiting my mom. While I was watching, I was just like, damn, like, what are you, what, what are you doing, uh, Baker Mayfield? And it's tough. Baker Mayfield, he's been hurt all year, man. But uh, how they still had an opportunity to win, I don't know. How did the 49ers jump out 23-7? And I know they didn't turn the ball over a whole lot, but how did the 49ers, how did the Cowboys still end up having a chance? You know, weird things kind of happen if you don't play for four quarters and games end up getting tighter than they have to be. I think maybe that's what happened in the uh, Cleveland-Green Bay game. Hopefully 49ers jump out and, you know, don't let something like that happen. Here we go. I got my guy coming on. I'm going to change up the screen on this one. Special guest. My guy, Mike, from nothing but Niners. Let's go. Click, click, go. Boom. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Yeah. What's, up, man? What's going so, on? Man? I want to ask you, all right? And I know you've seen the videos floating around, Cowboys doing cheap stuff after plays. Do you think that it was like everybody hyping up to the media? Oh, 49ers, they're more physical than the Cowboys. They're more physical. And do you think maybe the Cowboy players took that personal and was like, well, we're going to show. We're more physical. So they started doing cheap stuff. It kind of got out of character a little bit in the game. Nah, I don't. I don't think it had anything to do with the media. I think that's Kyle Shanahan, man. Uh, you go back and you look at these last couple of games, right? You look, you think about the bigger the, the star on the opposing defense we play, the more frustrated Kyle Shanahan purposely makes them. We've seen the videos with Aaron Donald slamming his helmet, 
you know, while they're playing the 49ers, right? See Jalen Ramsey out there mad at people, you know what I'm saying? Like they're yelling at each other. All week long, we heard about how Micah Parsons and and uh, Lawrence and, and uh, Randy uh, Gregory, like how, how all of a sudden they, like these guys are all these, oh, this pass rush, the Niners ain't playing nothing like that, right? Kyle takes your, your superstars on your defense and he puts them in compromising situations and it frustrates them to no avail. And at some point, it just starts to boil out on the field. You got, you got these superstar players just spinning out there, just looking lost, right? You can't come out here and say, oh, we the bullies, we the bullies, right? That's cool. That's talk. Like, that, that's football banner. That's normal, right? But when they're, when they're out there and it's on display for the whole world to see and they look lost, you know, they, they're second-guessing themselves and they're looking at the motion. Or, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then Kyle do something completely different. Yeah, they're going to start throwing cheap shots. We've seen it happen the last couple of games. It's going to keep happening. That's what Kyle does, man. That's the, I think that's a specialty. So, our, you know, and you, you're up there. You guys got cold weather up there. You're in New Jersey, right? Or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? I'm in PA, but I'm right at the border of Jersey. So, I'm right here. All right, so... You know how the weather gets out there. You know, us, mm-hmm. I'm, I live in Arkansas, you know, obviously from California. We don't really, in Arkansas, we don't really deal with weather like that typically. It can get a little cold sometimes, but California, definitely not, especially where I'm from, Stock, California, north side. All right, but, you know, can that weather, what we're expecting to see in Green Bay, do you think that can have an effect on the, with the style of play that the 49ers have? 49ers play more bully ball, run the ball, stop the run on defense. Do you think the weather will kind of make it harder for them to do those things? I don't think so, only because the more you move in this kind of weather, the the, the more the weather is not a factor. So, like, so I, I have a very physical job. I'm out here and I'm on the road and I'm moving hospital beds. I'm moving all kinds of heavy equipment, right, liquid oxygen, stuff like that. And when I go to work, like, everybody out here right now, if, if I were to show you guys, if I were to pan my video, or, I mean, nobody's in the parking lot right now, but people out here bundled up, right, they got these jackets on, they got hats, they got scarves and all that stuff. And like I'm legit just wearing, I got a little long sleeve t-shirt underneath my shirt here because I'm working, I'm moving. The more you work and the more you move, the weather don't really, it don't, it don't get to you like that. You know, like my wife, she bundle up the kids. She's like, babe, you don't want a jacket? No, nah, I'm good. Like I, I don't want, I don't want none of that stuff because it makes me hotter in the day. I'm sweating more. You know what I mean? Where now when I go outside, I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, this is my kind of weather right here. Like I know I'm a physical dude. This this is my kind of weather right here. So I think it's going to go hand in hand. You know, Kyle keeps that that offensive line moving and, and stuff like that. That's going to keep those guys loose and warm. I think we're going to run all over them on 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 a Saturday. Okay, I like it. I like it, man. So uh, when you look at Aaron Rodgers and kind of you know, how do you rattle him? Because we see him, and I do feel like he has these weird moments. Right? He's amazing. He's one of the Best court, I mean, clearly the best quarterback that we've ever seen between him, Brady, of our of our generation, like kind of our age yeah. group, right? You know, obviously before that you have Steve Young and those guys, but that's a little, you know, whatever. But you know, in this era, you got Tom Brady, you got Peyton Manning, you have Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think it's as simple as just rattling him, but we have seen mm-hmm. moments where he gets frustrated and he wears his emotions on his face. Like however he's feeling, if he starts to get a little like disinterested in what's going on. You'll see it. You'll see it in his body language. You'll see it in his face. Do you think that the 49ers potentially can get him to that point to where he's just like, what am I doing this for? I don't even want to be in Green Bay anyways. I'm leaving after this season anyways. <laughs> I do, man. I do, but it's, it's going to be in an unconventional way. Everyone's going to say our defensive line got to get after him. We need Bosa back and all that. I don't think that's how you rattle Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers expects to get hit every game. I think he expects to break the out of the pocket and stuff like that. But I think the way you rattle him and you get him emotionally upset is when you get his 
wide receivers to drop passes. When you break up passes or when he's out there running around and throwing dimes and they don't come down with the ball, I think that's when Aaron Rodgers really gets flustered. I think that's when he gets frustrated. He knows everybody's bringing the house in him. He knows that uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks and all his different abilities and all that stuff. He expects that, right? But what he don't expect is if I'm out here doing all this miraculous stuff behind the line of scrimmage, y'all better come down with those passes I'm giving you, you know? And so I think that, you know, not E, you you've been you've been on the secondary. You've been you've been defending them boys. I said that Ambry Thomas was probably the best player on the field last uh last game. I know you gave it to Debo. I heard you say it was Debo, but I really, really like what I saw from that young man. I think Ambry Thomas is super duper slept on. Uh Emmanuel Mosley being back, he's looking good too. I think I I think our DBs can really go out here and fluster them. We gotta, we gotta look at last game, it was completely different. You know what I'm saying? It was completely different. We had Josh Norman out there. Um K1 got, got hurt. hurt. You had to put uh, you had to put Diamador Lenore out. That's that's not this Niners team right now. It's a completely different setup right here, and uh, I think it's going to play into our hands a little bit more. I think we can fluster them that way. All right, I like it, man. Well, I'm gonna let you get back to work. I know you're at work right now. Yeah. I appreciate you calling in, though, bro. No problem, my man. Y'all be safe out there. All right, that's my guy Mike from Nothing But Niners. Make sure you guys listen to Nothing But Niners. They're on YouTube. Type in Nothing But Niners. Uh, they're on there. You can follow them on Twitter. All that good stuff. Mike does a terrific job. He has a great show. They have a big following, much bigger platform than I do, uh, especially on YouTube, man. So make sure you guys tune in to everything that Nothing But Niners are doing. Maybe we can get Mike to put the link in the chat so you guys know exactly where to follow those guys at. They do an awesome job. Awesome job. Shout out to my guy, Nick. I was with Nick a lot at the game, uh, at the Dallas Cowboy uh, 49er playoff game. That was That was fun. That was a good time. And shout out to everybody that was out there, man. Um, I saw some people in the chat early on. I think I saw some people in the chat uh, for uh, the live show with, with myself and Brian Peacock, uh, the Locked On 49ers episode. Like, hey, man, Crockett, it was good meeting you, and, and it was good hanging with you and stuff, man. Everybody showed so much love uh, out there in Dallas, uh, whether we were at the little ven ven uh, venues. I, I went to one with John Chapman. That was awesome. Uh, tons of fans, people partying, drinks, all that stuff. I'm out there riding bulls, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that was fun, man. Shout out to everybody that was out there in Dallas. We had a good time. Rogers will use the uh, the quick pass. Got to be ready. You know what? If you if you go back and look at that first game, look at how how like how many times did he like hold on to the ball like two point five seconds or longer. That ball was coming out quick. That ball was coming out quick. I mean, it was, huh, huh, out, huh, huh, out, huh, huh. I mean, like, I, I'm just like, dang. Now, within that, the 49ers did a terrific job of kind of keeping a lot of things in front of them. I think early on, you had some things not go your way with the 49ers. Uh, they weren't able to get the first downs to move the ball. Uh, so that has to change. You also had the interception. Jimmy tried to push it downfield. Terrific play by Jair Alexander. Is he back? Is Alexander back? We got to look that up. He's been out most of this year. He's missed a lot of time. But terrific play by him um, to get that interception. Uh, and that set up a short field. Yeah, there were a lot of different things that kind of contributed to them being able to get points. Uh, I think ultimately, uh, how do you take away the quick passes as well as the deep shots that he, Aaron Rodgers, likes to throw to you know his receivers? I, I'm not sure if Valdez Scantling and um, – my guy from Iowa State, big receiver, Lazard. Those guys are all there. You know, they they'll, they'll want to push the ball a little bit. So, uh, obviously, Devonta Adams, he's going to take his shots. Let's see if they change up their approach a little bit 
in this type of weather. I don't expect them to. Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think it matters what type of weather they're playing in. Here we go. Uh, my guy Marcos did uh, appreciate you. Put the Nothing But Niners pod right there. There's the YouTube channel, so make sure you guys click that link, man. Subscribe to my guys over there at Nothing But Niners. Mike, Nick, everybody that contributes to that show. There, there used to be a lot of people in it. I don't know if there is. I used to call it like the Wu-Tang Clan, right? Like you guys know, like Wu-Tang, like there's like a hundred members of Wu-Tang. That's how Nothing But Niners is. But there's the main guy, and uh, that's Mike, who you guys just met on here. Here we go. I got my answer. Alexander has been sick. Smith should be back for this game. Wait, who's Smith? So, wait, who's Smith? You got to let me know who Smith is. All right. Well, Alexander be back. That's what I want to know. Yeah, but he's been kind of up and down. Back. Oh, back to Ari's back. Okay. I don't know why I thought he was going to be going for the game. Slot fade is going to be spammed by Green Bay. You know how you eliminate the slot fade? Show them too high. Can't run a slot fade versus too high. So uh, that slot fade comes out a lot in in a single high. You know what the Cowboys did to get the 49ers in some single high? The Cowboys, they went empty a lot. They went empty a lot. And it's hard It's hard to show too high versus empty. You know, one thing on the slot fade for a touchdown from Amari Cooper, right? What did Amari Cooper do or what the 49ers do? The Cowboys went empty. It's third down. Cowboys went empty. The 49ers, you know what they like to do with Jimmy Ward. They want to play man with him a lot, right? He's one of the 49ers' better man defenders. So he came down and played man on number three. All right, as you guys know, receivers have numbers, all right? So you start from the outside and count in. So you got one is the furthest outside guy, two, next guy in, three is the next guy there. All right, so one, two, three. All right, so the number three guy, that's who Ward was guarding in the slot, all right? And you had Amari Cooper um, the number two receiver in the slot. And from there, you got a single high. Now, what would I do? I, you know, you know what the, what the uh, Patriots do a lot of, I see my guy, Mark, I'm about to get my guy, Mark on, uh, the Patriots, they will, they'll go man with like their best guy on like your second guy or whatever. And then they'll bracket the guy that they think could beat them. So with the 49ers, all right, let's put, Ward and Mosley on these other guys, but all right, Devontae Adams, I'm going to put Ambry Thomas on you, but we're going to have him inside shape. We're going to bracket you and have a safety over the top of that. And that's how the Patriots do a lot of their coverage. They do some really cool stuff. All right, here we go. I got my guy coming on, Mark. Mark, good morning. How you doing, bro? Yo, I'm good, man. How are you, Cross? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, so, man, my question was... um why are people like sleeping on the nights? Like people think like we're about to get stomped on by the Packers. Like people forget that we only lost by like with 40 seconds left on the clock, you know? And we didn't have all them boys in, you know, like Ambry. And then we lose Elijah Mitchell like during that game as well. Right. Uh, I don't think Elijah Mitchell played in that game. I think it was Trey Sermon. Yeah, 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 right? So – as long as we could run the ball, like we have them like drives where we're like 17 play drives for like 85 yards. Like if we could keep Rodgers off the field, man, we're like we're going to be golden. Because I feel like Ambry, he's showing up as like a lockdown CB2, shutdown CB2, you know? Right. Especially and, last and game, I, man. Only keeping CD. Oh, my bad. No, I was going to say, I, I don't want to say shut down, but I think they're doing a good job of executing 
the defensive scheme. So again, 49ers yeah. ran from the numbers I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not. I didn't fact check it, but I heard that they ran 83% zone. So to me, that's, oh, okay. you know, they're not asking a ton from their secondary guys, as opposed to like the Cowboys who ran primarily man. Yeah, true. You know, and then the only person that did kind of get like kind of busted was KK, you know, on the Cooper touchdown. So yeah, I feel like we hold up, especially when everybody's saying like Cowboys got all these superstars, you know. People yeah. just sleep on the Niners, man. Because you know, I'm from Chicago. So everybody always gives me shit, you know. Everybody against me type you, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I mean the Niners are for real, man. People are still picking the pack over here for some reason. I will say, and I'm gonna get you off, Mark. I appreciate you coming yeah. on. Yeah. Uh I, I will say that the the media is definitely coming around on the 49ers and what they bring. I will say that, matter of fact, heading into the playoffs, a lot of media was saying, hey, that's the one team that you don't want to play. You don't want to have to play the 49ers. So I think they definitely were getting their respect from that standpoint. Uh, I think the way that the 49ers play poses challenges for these other teams. You know, it's, it's hard to play a team that wants to smash you in the mouth. And that's kind of been the 49ers' identity, not just right now, but, I mean, if you go back, right, to the Harbaugh years, you know, and, you know, like, I feel like they were probably a little bit more finesse in, like, the 90s, right? But, like, right now, it's smash mouth. And that's what it was with Harbaugh. And, really, when you think of Kyle Shanahan, you think of, like, just terrific play caller. You think, like, oh, finesse. But he's not. I feel like he has some, like, throwback old-school mentality to him. He coaches that way, calls plays that way. 49ers' identity is that way. All right, here we go. Uh, 49 er Jeff. Croc, uh, I don't know if you talk about the defense already, but they've been playing lights out. We need to show up against the Packers. I have faith in the Ryans. Big ups. Yeah. D'Amico Ryans, man, he has – he's been awesome. D'Amico Ryans has been awesome. I've talked about it because everybody says, oh, he's improved so much throughout the year. I think D'Amico has been good all year. I think he's been good all year. Are there games that kind of get away from you? Yeah. Are the games that got away from solid those guys in 2019? Yeah. Like, and that was a great defense, right? That was one of the like, best 49 defenses ever. And even then, they had some games where they couldn't stop a nosebleed. And when you look at what D'Amico Ryan has done this year, he's had some games where, all right, whatever. But with all the adjustments that he's had to make and, and, and trying to play to different guys' strengths and, oh, man, we got to have – Josh Norman out there. How do I protect him? Oh, next thing I know, dang, I lost Verrett and I lost Mosley. Well, how do I protect these corners? And, okay, I got to run more too high and I got to adjust this way. I got to limit the big ball. Then, oh, man, I'm down D4. That he was going to be a big part of our pass rush. He's not. How do we get guys? I mean, he's at – oh, Fred Warner, he missed a game. Greenlaw missed several games. Al Shair, he's missed games. He's had to deal with so many injuries. At one point, he lost both his safeties, Tart and Ward. And number three overall defense in the NFL. So shout out to D'Amico Ryan. He's done a really good job. Got my guy uh, Bradley right here. He's coming on. Brad, this is you right here asking for the Croc merch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I've been trying to get it, man. If I, I'll show you all my text messages, man. The dude's sleeping. If y'all got somebody that does hats and clothes, I got the gear ready to go, man. I got the money ready to go uh, for that. I got some money set aside to, for the merchandise. I'm trying to I'm trying to hold on to it. But... Um, He's sleeping on it, man. But what's good, man? What's on your mind, bro? So I agree with you about D'Amico Ryan, but sometimes I think it takes him two or three plays too long to 
switch to certain coverages that he should have switched to. Like into that game, uh, I forgot what the coverage is or whatever. When you have the the DBs on the uh, the short side of the field, and then you have two back on the sideline, so everything goes to the middle. He should have started that drive with that coverage instead of letting <laughs> him get all those freaking chunk plays. But you know, I'm I'm nitpicking, but I just got a little scared because you know it came pretty goddamn close to the end of the damn game. Like usual, we can't freaking. It's like 2019 right now. We're winning every single game on the last goddamn play of the game. You know, I just want to ass whooping for once. I'm tired of these closed games. But what I'm worried about is special teams. Why the fuck do we have Josh Norman? Josh Norman as a gunner, as someone who's supposed to be stopping one of their fastest guys on special teams. And he lets he just yeah. leaves the dude, just pops off of him. Whoop, easy pass. We have defensive linemen that are faster than that guy. Put a defensive lineman on that dude. Josh Norman, like, are you kidding me? And then these stupid penalties that we were getting on special teams? That's where I'm at. I'm thinking special teams. I'm thinking I hope we don't lose this game in stupid ways with penalties and stupid special teams and the ball dropping for kickoff and extra points. That's why I'm at. I got bad juju vibes when it comes to our special teams right now. What do you think? Yeah, that's Bob? yeah, that's right. And I'm gonna get you off and answer the question. You know, I think the special teams aspect of it, that's a big thing. And you look at Josh Norman, right? What is Josh Norman's what, what's his what's his biggest liability, right? What's his biggest limitation right now? He can't run, right? Like he's just not physically there. So special teams or not, right? Now you're going up against a good Goodwin. That and you guys might remember Goodwin. Goodwin played for the 49ers, not Marquise Goodwin. But the 6-4, I think this was like the first year with the, with, uh, the 49ers, with Kyle Shanahan those guys. I think he was a guy who was like kind of a converted receiver. So they will use him on special teams as a receiver. He's a converted receiver. Like he went from receiver to cornerback. But he was a 4-3 guy. So he can run, right? And you got Josh Norman out there. And one thing on special teams, when you're guarding those gunners, you got to be able to run with them. And I think Norman kind of struggles there. But you, you kind of have to suit him up. And if you're going to suit Norman up, you can't just say, well, we're not going to play him. Maybe they can find a different position on special teams to put him at, but it's definitely not as ideal of a situation. Put Trent Sherfield there. You can literally put Trent Sherfield as a uh, the outside guy on punt coverage. And at least he can run with guys. And I think that was tough. Josh Norman, I mean, he was like 10 yards upfield and Goodwin has stopped. And I'm just like, Everybody knew this is a, a a fake of some sort. That's why they left the guys on the outside one on one. All right, here we go. I got Rich, and then I got my guy Smitty. Rich, how you doing, man? Good morning. Good, Crocky. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Are you driving too? Somebody else put it in the chat. They're like, everybody's driving today. Yeah, well, cause you you start out so late nowadays, man. I used when when you were starting out earlier. Uh, I was I was at home all the time, but. Now I don't get a chance to call in as much because I'm always on my way to work. But uh, I started at the same time. I started at uh, 6.30 a.m. Pacific. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The time changed. I'm in Arizona, so we don't change time. Oh, yeah. So for us, it moved it, it moved it back an hour when that when that time change happened. But um, so, well, anyway, no, I was, I, I, what's ironic about the whole uh, uh, Josh Norman thing is on, on returns, or on a, a punt like that, there's there's no PIs. So he could have actually grabbed the gunner, and, and he wouldn't have got flagged. I mean, it's just it's it's just weird. 
the, the one time you actually want him to get a PI or uh, want him to grab a dude, he, he won't. But um, I, I think with this Green Bay game, um, I'm, I'm extremely. You know, you, you touched on it earlier. You know, the the matchups against Dallas, I think were a lot more evenly matched. I think with Green Bay, you know, you do worry about uh, Adams and and uh, you know uh, Rogers, but I I think. This time around, um, it's a whole different 49ers team. I mean, at that time, the offensive line was really trying to find its footing. Uh, they were really struggling the first, like, I don't know, five weeks or so, um, you know, trying to be cohesive. And, and they were giving up a lot of pressure. They were making a lot of mistakes. And I think that's been cleaned up. I, I think that's, to me, that's one of the things that's been – that hasn't been mentioned that the offensive line has been has played a lot better um, in these weeks that we've been the, the, the Niners have been winning. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, you know we Avery Thomas has been playing much better. Um, I think that secondary has been really short up now because um, we don't have Josh Norman in there. Avery Thomas has been, you know, he's still a rookie, so he's going to make some mistakes, but. You know, he can at least run with receivers. He's always going to be in position to make a play. Um, and then our, our our defensive line has been playing much better. They haven't had to rely. I mean, most is obviously the engine that makes that, that line go, but um, most of our defensive linemen have been coming on really strong as of late. I think the Packers' offensive line is going to be in for a rude awakening because this defensive line is way different night and day. From the first time they played, so um, I think the, I'm, I'm excited I, I to see would, this game. Uh, I think that the Fournette. Well, I, I was going to say I think the Packer fans would probably tell you that their offensive line is much healthier now. Remember when they played the 49ers, they were down to like their left, the third left tackle or something like that. I think their their old line is healthier, so they, they probably would say you know just like the 49ers, okay, we've gotten some guys back, we're healthier. I think I think the Packers are as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And just one final thing before I, before I let you go. I think the cold weather actually favors the Niners. Um, you know, when you play the style that the 49ers play, run the ball, play tough, no defense, I think it's always – I think cold weather always favors that style um, as opposed to like a – I don't want to call it a Green Bay a finesse team, but, you know, they're not – they don't play the style that we play. They, they'd rather throw the ball a little bit more and, and set up the run. But – um. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what happens, and and uh, I definitely think the Niners are going to take this game, man. Yeah, man, I hear you. All right, I'm going to get you off and get the next caller on. I appreciate you calling in. All right, that was my guy, Rich. Real quick, let me get to this contribution. Uh, we had no Mitchell. McGlinchey was starting. Uh, we weren't running the ball with Debo like we are now, and Amber is now a solid CB2. All right, uh, this team is a lot different and better now, 31-27, 49ers. I, I like it. But again, and I, I have to dig into the, to the Packers. We're going to have a Packers guy come on. All right. Um, I asked earlier, when, when should I have the Packers person come on? You guys said Thursday. So I'll have a, I'll have a person come on, and that whole their whole time being on for 30 minutes or whatever will be catered to us learning about what's going on with the Green Bay Packers. So be on the lookout for that Thursday. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I like the – I just like, in general, the way the 49ers match up better. Now, again, you still got to go out there. You still got to win. You still got to battle the elements. Like, those things are tough. 
Still got to play against Aaron Rodgers. Still got to play against Devontae Adams. You know, they still have guys on that D-line that can get after you. You know, we'll see how healthy they are there. Do they still got the Smith brothers? Oh, matter of fact, maybe that's who the guy was talking about. He said, somebody earlier mentioned Smith. And they said, Smith will play. So when you got, the, what is it, Zadarius Smith and the other one, 91? I mean, you know, those guys that can be disruptive. They, they got some guys that can play. They got some guys that can play. So uh, 49ers, definitely healthier now. Sounds like Packers are too. All right, here we go. Last caller of the day. My guy, Smitty. Oh, no, you deserve the big screen. There we go. What's Whoa, up, man? How what, you doing? What's up, pal? Hey, um, right. I, you know, you know, I, I, a lot of people, I think, that do know me know that I'm I'm a big Trey Lance advocate. I've been saying Trey starts from, from day one. This team is far better off right now than they are currently. And I get a lot of pushback on that. I understand. Uh, two, two schools of thought, but what do you think about and you may have covered this I'm, i apologize if you already did i didn't listen to the whole to the whole show but what are your thoughts on on using both quarterbacks in this game to try and keep green bay on their toes um not a lot of film on on trey so it's hard to prepare for him so inside that 10 yard line anywhere with jimmy being hurt um is this something Shanahan's going to even consider, or is he just so worried about about creating controversy with the situation that he's not going to go near it? It's not something that's ideal, obviously, in, in most scenarios, but I think in this specific scenario with Jimmy being hurt, two different injuries, everything on the line, uh, potentially needing to let, – let's say, let's say Jimmy gets more banged up, you're going to need Trey even you know more ready. It's, I think it's a good move. Trey's so great near the goal line. And his instincts kick in. This this is what I think. I think Kyle Shannon, just listening to some of the things he says and kind of how they've kind of go about this whole thing and bringing Trey along. I think the 49ers, they don't they view Trey Lance as a normal quarterback. Like they don't view him as like uh a Lamar Jackson. Like right. the way that they want to develop him is not on read option or to just, Hey, we're going to bring him in to do this. This is, this is me kind of gathering information throughout this year. All right. It seems like they're more of like, Hey, Trey Lance, when he comes in, he's going to be doing the same things as Jimmy Garoppolo. Now within the game plan of that, can we have wrinkles that we have with Trey Lance? Of course, but it seems like they want the way they want to develop him is this is our offense. And we want you to run our offense. We don't want to have to design gimmicky stuff. We just want to run our offense and then have you be able to do your special things off of that. The, the plays that he can make off the script, do that. The way that you can move around and throw the ball downfield, awesome. But we want you to know, learn our offense and we want to utilize you that way. So to us, it always made sense. Like, hey, bring him in, do the read option. Like, he can help in the red zone. But I, I don't think they're looking at him like that. So I think that's I think where, that's why we don't see him. And Cowboy fans, I was in some... Uh, chats on Twitter spaces and they were saying, Oh, we know we're going to see that wrinkle, that wrinkle. And I'm like, I don't think Kyle looks at Trey Lance as a wrinkle. He looks at him as an extension of what Jimmy Garoppolo is like, all right, he do those things. And okay. We can build on that to where he can even do more because of his physical gifts. I don't, you know, that that's just kind of what I've kind of gathered. Yeah. And I think, I, and I guess the way the thing I'll say is that I guess this is why I've had a problem with Shanahan all year. Is like kitchen sink, man. You got to throw everything at this game. Um, it's one game at a time. I think with Jimmy G, you know, and being banged up and having two separate injuries, 
And I, and I feel like this is the kind of thinking that needs to happen, you know, and I understand that could be the long-term thought process, but to win this game, uh, I think something like that is going to need to be considered, you know, but that, that's my, this is my take. I think Trey, yeah. I think Trey, again, I feel even to this day, I, I don't care how Jimmy G might dig himself out of a hole that he partially creates. I, I feel like this team is, you know, so much more potent, dangerous, and there's just more avenues to score. Like I, like I always say, I, I think of it like a heat map lit up with green lights everywhere. When Trey's on the field, it's double the amount of opportunities and avenues to the end zone. And it, it's just like getting them on the field isn't gimmicky to me. I know a lot of people will look at it that way. And I think that's what, what Shanahan's problem has been all year is that he's so in his own head about it. He doesn't want to cause controversy, but putting Trey on the field, while it's not a great long-term solution, it's a great solution right now, I think, given the circumstances. But that's my take. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'm just trying to, off of what he's kind of shown us and things like that and, and what they say. And and really, where Trey Lance is at right now. Now, there's some things that we just will never know, right? If Trey mm-hmm. Lance, say from training camp, OTAs, preseason, all that, first game of the season, he's gotten all the first team reps. How much further along would Trey Lance be right now, right? We, we don't know. Did the time off help him? Did the time yeah. off – or time off, but, you know, time not starting, but, yeah. did that – kind of slow down his development. Like, I, I, we won't really know. But I do know one thing. The progression that we saw from week one, I mean, his first start, to him, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable, especially going into his second start, which still, you can tell the nerves were going. You can still see there's a little, uh, some things he's a little unsure about. I think Kyle Shanahan it will be reluctant to use him in a big moment like this because he hasn't really prepared him for that. You know, like now, we could say, well, Trey Lance, you know, he, he it's not his first rodeo playing in big games. He played in FCS playoffs and championship. Matter of fact, he played in a game like this. It was super cold, super windy. He ran for 130 yards and led his team to a national title, right? So we know mm-hmm. he can kind of put a team on his back. But I do think this is just a different scenario. And, you know, playing with uh, the 49ers playoff game on the road, Green Bay, I don't know if you want to just insert your rookie in, in that that only started two games. So uh, I if he didn't if he didn't figure out a way – to utilize him in the Cowboys game, I don't think that he'll be a part of the game plan. I, in the I agree game. with you. I agree with you, unfortunately. What I want and what he'll do are, are two different things. Right, I've okay. Learned with yeah. Shanahan. <laughs> I've learned with Shanahan. But yeah. I will say that, that last thing I'll say, and I'll jump off. I Great show, Croc. Um, I feel like, I feel like when people say that to me and they're like, do you want to throw a rookie out there? He's not ready. I just think to myself, like, that's, do you, how confident you feel about Jimmy G, you know, come because at the end of the game, when things are on the line, the last thing you want to do, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to hate on Jimmy G, but I think everybody down deep feels this way if they, if they aren't vocal about it. The more times he throws the football against, uh, you know, a good defense, the, the more opportunity there is to, to potentially pick six, rattle him. He's injured. That's another factor. It's like, I, I don't know that Jimmy G's like talking about a rookie going out there and talking about Jimmy G going out there. Not that very different in terms of the risk factor. I think the upside's higher with Trey, but that's just me. Uh, you know, I, I'll stick to my guns on that one. But yeah, so I think in theory you are correct, right? Like in theory, I think the only thing that is the the, the one thing that comes to mind with me when it comes to a rookie who would potentially be playing in his or you know third start or whatever. Hypothetically speaking, Trey Lance has to start. It'd be his third career start, right? 
there are just so much unknown for a rookie with like one unknown with what he's going to see, right? Like what is he seeing out there? Will he be timid to pull the trigger? Those type of things, right? Like there's just a lot of unknown. You can throw a lot at a rookie from a defensive st standpoint. I think Trey Lance is far superior as far as talent goes to Jimmy Garoppolo, but I know as a defensive coordinator, man, there's a lot of stuff this kid ain't seen. How can I confuse him? So when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a lot more. Oh, and with Trey Lance, it's how he handles those things, right? Like just the unknown with how he handles those, those things. With Jimmy Garoppolo, there are no unknown. Even down to the point where you know he's going to throw some weird stuff. Even down to the point where you know, man, we can't really throw the ball a whole lot with him because we have to limit him potentially throwing a weird pass. But at the very least with Jimmy, you know. And there's still... It's hard to kind of rattle him from a defensive perspective. I think he's seen a lot. I, I don't know how much they could throw at him that's going to really throw him off of his game. Can they hide a, a robber safety a little bit? Will he be missed that? Yeah, but at least we know that. Same thing with a linebacker potentially dropping in the coverage and picking up one of his passes. And he's going to give a team a couple of those opportunities a game. But I still think Kyle knows that. There's still a lot of unknown for a rookie. And I think he's going to spend – all the next year, getting to know his rookie a little bit more. So, so that's just kind of how I see it. But. So honest answer as honestly as you can. I know it's probably tough to think about it this way, but if if you're playing in this game, you're a DB, you're playing in this game, you would rather face Lance than an injured, double injured Jimmy G, knowing what you know about Jimmy, knowing how you can get in his head, knowing how you know he's he is he gets he does get rattled, I think, but. You you would rather face Trey Lance is what you're saying. You think you'd have more opportunities. Like answer it honestly. Like if you if you could pick and you're a DB, who who who? What's a more tasty matchup to you? We'll, we'll say if I'm a defensive coordinator. Okay, defensive I, coordinator. If, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I would rather play the rookie because he's green. Like there's just so much we could throw at him, and he's not going to know. We can rattle him to the point. Look at look at the Packers and Bills game. Man, Bills through the kitchen sink at at uh. Mac Jones, and that game was over before it started, right? Like, blink of an eye, it's a blowout. And and he can't match what what uh, Josh Allen was doing on the other side of the, of the ball, right? Like, rookies, it can snowball really quick on them. So if I'm, a, yeah. if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm throwing the house at this rookie. Now, maybe it could be something like, well, you know, uh, if it's a different style of quarterback, like, say, like, Colin Kaepernick in comparison to Alex Smith and how they play, that's a little different just because the, their styles were so much different and the offense was different. But I think that the 49ers want to run the same offense that they run with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They want to run that with Trey Lance as well. And they don't want to do as much of the read option type stuff. And teams are more prepared for it. So I just think if I'm a coordinator, give yeah. me the rookie because I feel like I can get to him and throw some things at him. He's not going to know what's coming. That but Especially no, in this big of a game. But no, no rookie has ever been handed this amount of weapons and this kind of offense. They're – there is no situation like it. So that's probably the biggest gripe I have with people. Is, oh, he's a rookie. He's not ready. He And I'm not saying you're saying that, Croc, but just right. in general. I'm saying he's not about, ready. I, I'm just saying if I'm a yeah, coordinator, yeah, no, no, no. I would yeah. rather play against the rookie. Right. But that's not to say he can't come in and light it up. <laughs> you know, I, I have a little bit different train of thought on it just because I've been – I'm biased against, uh, <laughs> against the situation. From the beginning, yeah. I've been beating the drum of putting, putting Trey in in week one. Moving on with the future, he spent a third round pick on him, or I mean, a third overall pick on him. It's time to time to put him in, but you know it is what it is. 
You guys, I'll, I'll end it on this. You guys have one of the most dangerous teams regardless because you have nothing to lose. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Everyone's writing you off at every step, and no team in their right mind wants to play a team like that right now, especially with all the weapons you have if Jimmy G can utilize them. So uh, congrats on the win, Croc, and you guys are dangerous, man. Uh, real quick, before you get off, tell everybody where yeah. they can find you because you're a content creator yourself. You do really good with the uh, fantasy and you cover things. And I know you hop on uh, weekly with 49er guys on Instagram. So let everybody know where they can find you and all your work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can find everything at uh, smitty1.com. But on on IG, we do have the, the 49er show, the quad box show on Fridays. Well, we do it pretty much almost every day lately. Uh, but we yeah, we go we go live on Instagram. It's the biggest like Instagram uh, Niner show, really. Yeah. or any team show and we just talk about the Niners and I'm I'm the fantasy like outside the circle take so there's three Niner pages and then me and yeah. and I just give my I'm I'm always like at odds with them because I'm I know I've been on there once with with y'all like that one yeah, time yeah just shooting from the hip about how I feel about the situation and I've been yeah. against Jimmy the whole time and I've got I get a lot of people come on my neck they're like come on Smitty buy into him but it's just you know it, it is tough. what it is like and I look at things from a, a, a fantasy football and output per perspective. So everything I'm looking at is what's the end result going to be. I'm not tied to it like from a, a homer perspective where I'm rooting for you know a team and I'm just going to support it no matter what. So I bring a weird dynamic to it, but it works and, and it's fun. So join us on IG for that. Uh, appreciate right, you, Brock. All good. All good. You have a good one. Good show, pal. All right. And my guy Smitty, shout out to him coming on. Got some contributions to get to. Uh, love from Ottawa, Canada. How much do you predict uh, first game rust will have an effect on the performance at various positions? Smith, Jair, Bakhtari. Uh, you know, these guys are pros, man. They're pros, and you know, there will be you know a little adjustment, but their adrenaline will get them going, blood flowing, pumping, cold weather, their environment, go in front of that crowd. They're gonna be up for it. So I, I wouldn't think that that will have much effect on the game, if any at all. We got the coach. Uh, <laughs> this is a clown been calling for Kyle to be fired all season on Instagram. Still want Kyle fired, Smitty. I wish I could have seen that when it was um, when Smitty was on talking. I, I know there have been a lot of people that were critical of Kyle Shanahan, and, and I will say this. A lot of the talk was warranted, right? Like you, you, you're talking about a coach, and I get, I get context, but 49ers were five years in, or almost a full five years in. He had one winning season to this point, and he started the season off two and four, right? And I was not one to say foul Kyle Shanahan. I knew that wasn't happening, but I was saying Kyle Shanahan needs to fire himself in the sense of, all right, Kyle, like, like. Put some stuff on other people. Like you just coach or you just focus on off whatever it is. Delegate some things to other guys to where you're not dealing with all this other stuff and you can focus on this and get your team better prepared to actually play and win games. And there was a point where I was at that. I, I was never saying Kyle Shanahan needs to be fired, but I think that people were justified to question certain things surrounding Kyle Shanahan and his decision-making when it's year five, one in, one in four, uh, one winning season in four years to that point, and you're two and four starting off. Like it, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal. And even then, after that, I mean, we're talking about three and five, and you know, you're starting Jimmy Garoppolo. You had the weird loss against the the Cardinals, and I think my standpoint, my viewpoint on that was, I didn't think that Jimmy was playing bad, 
But I'm just like, man, if he's playing like this and it's still resulting in losses, like you might as well play the rookie and get him going. And maybe we were wrong, right? Like, like right now, you will never know. But 49ers turned it around. They're playing well. Jimmy Garoppolo had played some efficient ball down the stretch. Trey Lance came in against the Houston Texans. He played awesome, especially in the second half. So you're like, okay, I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing from Trey Lance and his development. Okay, keep it going. Jimmy Garoppolo played strong in the second half against the Rams. They win. 49ers going to Dallas. They win. So all is good. All is good. And uh, I guess everybody's right. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I appreciate everybody. Here we go. Uh, Kyler Murray could have played baseball. Listen. He got drafted by the uh, the A's, and the team he was supposed to go to, Stockton Ports. He was supposed to go to Stockton Ports, so I was looking forward to seeing him potentially play for the Ports, but obviously ended up going number one overall in the NFL draft. Probably going to make a lot more money, but last night it started looking, started looking a little weird, <laughs> right, for uh, Kyler Murray. Not ideal, not ideal at all. Man, I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. Uh, but, you know, 350 of y'all in here. Make sure you guys, if you haven't already, hit the like button. If you like this show, hit the subscribe button. If you like this show, we're going to keep it rocking. Somebody earlier, I didn't ask, I didn't answer the question. They said, did you have the guy, the former 49er, come on? I'm going to reach out to him today. Um, we're supposed to link up uh, after the new year. I've been so busy. I've kind of forgot to hit him. But I'm going to hit him right now. I promise. I'm about to hit him right now. See when he could come on. It might not be on the morning show. Maybe it'll be in the evening. Whatever time works for him. I'm going to have him on, former 49er. He's been a part of a rebuild. He's been a part of a team that uh, went to multiple championships. He was a guy who didn't start off. Uh, he didn't start as a rookie or second year or third year. Ended up starting down the stretch with a big part of 49ers uh, going to three straight NFC championship games. So I'm going to get him on. He's agreed to come on. Told me to hit him after the new year. So uh, we're going to get to that. Also, I see Underdog Fantasy. Shout out to everybody that's hit me on Underdog Fantasy. I got a lot of people making money. They're like, man, Croc. I'm addicted to underdog fantasy since you put me on. That's what it looks like right there. Underdog fantasy. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app. Promo code Crocky. Go do that right now. Underdogfantasy.com or underdog fantasy, the app. Promo code Crocky when you sign up. And I believe they're still matching whatever you put in there. So if you deposit 50, they'll match you 50. And I play the over-unders. I have a great time doing that. It's a little addicting. So if you have an addictive personality, don't do it. But if you're good with stepping away from things and not betting all your money away, go ahead, Underdog Fantasy, uh, do that right now. Promo code Crocky. Download that. Go make you some money. It looks like that. It looks like that. All right, y'all, man. I appreciate everybody sitting here. Again, if you like this show, if you, you know, have fun with we're here every day, five days a week typically, unless I'm traveling, which has been the case over the last couple of weeks. But uh, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Come on live. The link is always going to be in there. We're going to have some uh, Packer people come on uh, later. Maybe another 49er content creator to join me. But y'all know what it is, man. I'm Croc. I'm, uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. And if you're on Twitter, man, head over to YouTube. Type in Eric Crocker. I'll pop right up. Subscribe to the channel. But until next time, man, we are out. Peace. Oh, one more thing. Shout out to everybody that, you know, the contributions. Everybody got on me about my court. I got a new court. So if y'all notice, I ain't been muted or, or none of that weird stuff. But so I appreciate all y'all. The cord is good to go. I'm out, man. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown.
Talk Talk TV Podcast. Peace.